Okay, everybody, welcome back. Another episode, Figure It Out podcast on a victory Monday. Chiefs win last night, 42-21. In my opinion, that score is not indicative of how the game went. They had seven points come off a defensive touchdown early in the game. And then the Steelers scored in total garbage time. The Chiefs defense kept everything in front of them, basically let the Steelers have everything underneath and kind of march the field. Um, it was an absolute ass kicking, and it feels good on a Monday. Gorgeous day. Martin Luther King Jr. National Holiday had the day off work. The stars really aligned for me today. It was, it was just been a great day in the robe, in the recliner, ready to talk some Chiefs football with my guy, Johnny Rowe. Johnny, welcome aboard, as always. Johnny, how'd you feel last night, brother? Victory Monday, man. I feel so good. And I, we all knew going into this game, the Chiefs were going to kick the Steelers' ass. Like, we all knew it. It was just great to, it was just great to experience it. Um, yep. So many different, like, little intricate stats to get into that are so ridiculous regarding Mahomes. And uh, it, he really just showed, like, why he's the best player in the entire league. Um, the Chiefs, of course, like you alluded to, started off slowly. Uh, defensive touchdown by T.J. Watt, who's just an absolute beast. And you kind of got, uh, you know, if you've been a Chiefs fan your whole life, like, you you know that there are some playoff demons, right? Well, uh, that first quarter, quarter and a half, kind of made you think about those playoff demons, and then you realize that, as soon as Patrick Mahomes became the quarterback of the Chiefs, those demons were exercised. Like, those demons are gone. And Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid know how to punch back when they get hit first. So, um, an absolutely electric game. Five touchdown passes uh, by Patrick Mahomes in the span of, like, 10 or 11 game minutes. That's the fastest ever. The next cl- – that's not, not just playoffs ever in the history of football. And the next closest was about, I think it was 25 minutes of game time uh, by Tom Brady. It just shows like this is like that Chiefs of old and of the last few years that we've been used to where like they kind of start off slow, uh, slowly, and then like they just like say fuck it and go off. And they just said fuck it and they went off yesterday. I mean, it was ridiculous. It was seven nothing. And then before I knew it, Chandler, it was 35 to seven. And it was just awesome. You had your seventh-string offensive lineman scoring touchdowns. You had your tight end throwing touchdowns. You had your, I don't know, third or fourth option at running back going off. And the Chiefs just showed that the entire offense does not have to go through Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. Like, this is what they've been doing the last few weeks. Like, other guys can just step up and make plays, and Patrick spreads the ball around. And if if the Chiefs can do this, and not turn the ball over, like there's literally nobody who can beat this team. It sets up for a really exciting uh, playoffs going forward, Chandler. Obviously, we'll get into the Bills game uh, next week, uh, next Sunday. But right now, I I could not be happier and more excited for the future. Yeah, I completely agree. And real quick, I think the reason that uh, that first quarter and a half quarter uh, that you were talking about um, it seemed the reason I think everybody was on edge is because the ste- it was exactly the formula the Steelers had to have to win the game. They had to muck it up. They had to have a defensive score. And really, that's exactly what happened through the first quarter. But then all of a sudden, and, and I think, you know, people talked about the nostalgia factor all week about Big Ben's last day. 
Um, and shout out to him on a great career, obviously. I mean, he, he, I, I would put him in the hall of fame. Um, I think he's, he's definitely going to be a candidate. Um, but eventually that's going to wear off and talent is going to take over. And that's clearly what happened last night. Um, the Patrick Mahomes, I mean, big Ben threw the ball five more times than Patrick Mahomes did. And Patrick Mahomes had double the yards, 404 to 215. I know people, it's not technically double, but it's pretty damn close. Um, it was just great to see. Uh, the Chiefs, the weapon, the two-minute drive at the end of the first half was honestly, for lack of a better word, Johnny, it was sexy. Seeing seeing that throw from Mahomes to Demarcus Robinson, it was an, an unbelievable throw. And I was I was I was at the game last night. Um, and I turned to my dad and I said, Notice how they're not going over the middle. The, the, the sidelines, the Steelers completely vacated the sidelines all last night, um, and, and they exposed that um, on several times. And then after the Demarcus Robinson uh, catch that got us down there into our own into Steelers territory, we come right back, and it looked like the exact same route to Travis Kelsey that he scores on about 10, 15 seconds later uh, to take us into the – take us into halftime. Um, I think it was just a master class coaching performance by Andy Reid. He absolutely won the day. And uh, it, it's great to see moving forward because we're going to have to bring it this week against the, uh, the bills. Like we, like you said. Yeah, man. Like it, it just showed that the chiefs made an, an adjustment and it was what, like five, six minutes to go in the second quarter. Chiefs are down seven, nothing. And you're like, man, this is kind of, kind of bleak. When they come down, they have an absolutely surgical drive which ends with a Jarek McKinnon touchdown on a shovel pass, which got me thinking. Like, I remember when the Chiefs first started doing those shovel passes. It was 2017, I believe. I think that's right. Like, I remember Travis Kelsey caught a shovel pass um, from Alex Smith against the Eagles at home mm -hmm. early in the season and, like, jumped from the five-yard line and was carried into the end zone. That was on a shovel pass, if you remember Kareem Hunt had a really big run where he like hurdled someone standing straight up on a shovel pad. What I'm what I'm getting at is teams have had film on the Chiefs running these shovel passes for five years now, and they're still working and they're still like getting even more intricate. I mean, the Chiefs run these shovel passes all the time, and they run this cool kind of goal line stuff, which can get a little cute and annoying. But when it works, it's like one of those things. Like, if it works, it's amazing. If it doesn't work, you look like an idiot. But, like, they have so many of these plays that it's just, like, impossible for teams to keep up. I remember after the Kelsey passing touchdown, they showed Cam Hayward. And this is, like, one of the best defensive, you know, three techs that we've ever had. Uh, one of the best defensive linemen in the league. A guy who's been in the league for a long time. He just did that thing where, like, he put his hands up. He's like, what the fuck? Like, what are we supposed to do? Like, oh, now Kelsey's throwing touchdowns? Like, there's there's just so much that this team can do. So to get back to what I was saying, the Chiefs come down. They get that touchdown to make it 7-7 seven to seven, uh, with the McKinnon uh, shovel pass. And then, like, the Steelers were, I think, just really trying to, like, get some first downs, bleed the clock. I mean, what they know that their offense can't keep up, right? So they just try to get to the half. Um tied 7-7, seven, seven, or maybe they get a field or something like that, 10-7, but that doesn't happen. They have to punt again, and uh, uh, the Chiefs get the ball and come down. They have a third and seven um, in the red zone, 
And so you're looking at maybe if you can stop them here, the Chiefs will get a field goal, then we can try to get into the half just down 10-7. to Well, what happens? Mahomes throws a perfect pass to Byron Pringle, who makes a really nice catch. And, um, you know, on third and seven, like there's some, that, there's a lot at stake there. If you don't, you don't convert that. I mean, you, if it's an inc- incomplete pass, you're kicking. So now the Chiefs are up 14 to seven. And again, the Steelers get the ball back, trying to bleed the clock out. Of course they can't do that. Chiefs get the ball back, got some timeouts, got some time on the clock. They come down, get a few plays. It's looking pretty good. Then they get a big sack. It's third and 20 and you're like, okay, we're good. Third and 20, maybe force them to a long field goal or, or, or maybe we get a stop here and they, they, they can't kick a field goal. And Mahomes throws a freaking touchdown pass to Ty- uh, Travis Kelsey, 48 yards, and that's the game. That was the game. It was 21-7 yeah. to 7 going into the half, and the game was over. And all, this, all the Steelers fans knew it. 21-7, uh, to 7, you're done. And uh, the Chiefs came out of the half and, and, and even continued that. So it's just amazing what kind of run this team can go on. It reminded me, this game reminded me so much of um, the run that the Chiefs went on when they were down 24 to nothing to the Texans in the Super Bowl year in 19. You know, they weren't down 24 nothing, but it felt bleak. I mean, everything's going wrong. The Steelers are, are winning the game. And then, like, before you know it, boom, the game's over, and you're blowing this team out. So um, but the Chiefs can really channel those explosive ways, man. Look out. Yeah. The, the vibe in the stadium went from bleak to, okay, we're fine, to, oh, my God, we're amazing to let's have a party. And that was the legitimate energy in the stadium last night. It was amazing. Um, quickly, let's talk about Jarek McKinnon. Um, I, I couldn't believe how well he played last night. For a guy who has been basically a role player, forgotten about over that eight-game win streak, I mean, he didn't play very much. At least I can't remember him playing that often. To all of a sudden... I think he, besides Mahomes, he's the MVP last night um, in terms of what he brought to the table, catching the ball out of the backfield. He had a mate, he had several good catches out of the backfield, um, ran the ball hard, hit his hole well. I mean, the guy absolutely seized the opportunity and ran with it. And I sit here and I probably sound surprised, but I mean, that's just what happens when you have professionals like this. I mean, this guy's been around the league. He, you know, he's waited his turn. He's done what he's had to do to get on rosters. And when guys that are in this position that aren't superstars, that have to make names for themselves, when they get opportunities like this, you just have to root for them. Um, He played absolutely unbelievable, Johnny. And he's going to have to continue to do that because I would imagine that he will be a huge part of the offense against Buffalo um, because another, you know, another decent defense, Steelers have a decent defense, another decent defense coming to the, uh, coming to Arrowhead Stadium this uh, Sunday night in Buffalo. Um, we're going to need him. We're going to need Daryl and we'll see if we guess we get Clyde back. But right now, Jared McKinnon's my number one running back. Yeah, man, really dynamic and an awesome game for him. A guy who's really been a journeyman. The reason you didn't hear about him over that eight-game winning streak is because he was on the IR, and that is just indicative of his entire career. A guy who started off with the Minnesota Vikings, kind of your scat-back type player who was super explosive, quick twitch, uh, strong runner, and a great uh, pass-catching back that made a name for himself, Such, such a good name that the 49ers went out and paid him um, a decent amount of money to bring him in. And, and what happened? Uh, well, he blew his knee out, uh, was out for the whole year before he even took a snap for the 49ers. And then in, you know, before it came, before the next year came around, 
the knee still wasn't working. So he had to have reconstructive surgery. So he was out two years. I saw that he went 1,000 days between NFL snaps due to injury. And this is a guy wow. who is really, I mean, he, you saw last night. He, yeah. He's a dynamic player. Now, he's a, he's a 29-year-old back. It's, a, it's kind of unfortunate to say that, that, that the prime of his career is gone. But for him to have the, the success he had last night is a testament to not just him mentally, but his physical well-being too. And you're right, man. He, he, he's going to have to be a big part of this going forward. And you can't have enough bodies back there, especially at this time of year and with the extra game um, in the regular season, with the extra game that you're having to play in the playoffs because the Chiefs have been used to having a bye the last couple of years. So it's good to get this effort from Jarek McKinnon um, going forward. And like I said, man, it, this really reminds me of how of how um, Damian Williams was used in 2019. If you remember, you know, Kareem Hunt was uh, dismissed from the team. And so Damian Williams was kind of the guy. And Damian Williams was massive for the Chiefs in the playoffs in 2019. If you remember back, uh, what did he do? He had the um, go-ahead touchdown right at the, the near pylon at the end of the game. And then he had the game ceiling uh, run on second and six, the long touchdown run. So, and he was integral um, in the comeback against the Texans as well in that 19 playoff, uh, those 19 playoffs. So um, if, if Andy Reid has been playing chess this whole time and saved Jarek McKinnon throughout the regular season for this playoff run, I mean, he is just playing like 4D Wizards chess with us. And like, he's just like, he belongs in the Hall of Fame right now as an active coach. So kudos to Andy Reid for uh, the plays and Eric Bieniemy for the plays that they drew up for him last night. And the I loved the patience that McKinnon was running with last night because our offensive oh. line's really good. That That's also a problem. Like Clyde's good runs, not not, not problem. That Clyde's good runs, Chandler, come from when he's really patient in between the tackles. The thing with Clyde, that the, the, the thing that uh, McKinnon has that Clyde doesn't have, I think, is that like ability to just like hit the hole and go. Like that explosive trait. And McKinnon was doing that last night and running over some guys. So um, super exciting there and uh, super exciting to look forward to next week. Yeah, it was great to see. I literally love when running backs finish their run. So that's exactly what he did last night. Um, just real quick. He goes for 12 carries for 61 yards, and he has six catches for 81 yards and a touchdown. Um, one of my favorite plays last night, right before we hopped on here, Johnny, I watched the highlights, and it was probably a 13, 14, 15-yard gain. It wasn't anything flashy, and most people probably don't remember it. And I probably wouldn't have remembered it either had I not watched the highlights. But Steve, uh, the Jarek McKinnon swings out into the boundary, and the Steelers happen to be bringing a, a boundary corner blitz or a corner or a safety blitz, one of the two. Um, and and he gets back there to Patrick, and it just it was obviously drawn up for that to happen because the guy gets back, he floats it out to Jarek. Jarek catches it, gets immediately upfield, which we can get into that in a second, but. He gets immediately up the field, and he doesn't get hit before he picks up 15 yards, and he finishes his run through contact, through the defender, on the Steelers' sideline. That just sends messages, and it sends, you know, shockwaves to, to your opponent and to your own team that this guy is going to fight and scratch and claw and whatever other adjective you want to use, or what, verb, sorry, or whatever verb you want to use, to win this football game. And that's the attitude that you have to have in the playoffs. And I think that is right now, not necessarily just McKinnon, but I think it's radiating throughout the entire team because 
the team that we saw against the Bengals and the Broncos to end the year was not the same team we saw last night. Uh, the Bengals game, you know, unfortunate, whatever. They played the game of their lives, the Bengals did, and they won the last play of the game. Denver, when I look back on it compared comparative to last night, I think there were maybe some business decisions that were made in that game. Um, not necessarily calling anybody out, but they just didn't have the same fire. They had fire last night, and I want to get into a good transition here into the defense. The defense played with some absolute fire last night, and it was great to see. Flying around, um, our linebackers last night, Johnny, were amazing to watch. I know you obviously saw them on TV, but for some reason, I, they were just in my mind all last night. I watched them the whole game. Willie Gay and Nick Bolton are freaks. Um, we knew the athleticism that Willie Gay had. We knew the speed. Um, and early on in the season, you and I both had questions about Nick Bolton's athleticism, his ability or his speed. Either he is just playing with more confidence now um, and he's figured out Spagnuolo's uh, system um, and he's just letting it fly. But we've both said this. That guy is around the football on almost every single play, unless it's a pass way down the field. That guy is near the ball or at least finishing towards the football. Um, it's great to see, and and right now those two are a insanely underrated linebacker duo in the NFL, um, and the sky is the limit for them as we continue forward. Yeah, dude, you nailed that. Uh, we we asked questions. I probably asked too many unfair questions of Nick Bolton early on, um, which that's it's, this is a reactionary podcast, so right. sue me, but. Uh, it's so awesome watching these guys because like we've been craving these hard hitting athletic linebackers for a few seasons now. And it's so cool that these two guys so young, by the way, are performing at this level. And for our team, one thing I thought was a little strange, Willie Gay only played 17 snaps last night, which was 25% of the snaps. Now I know at the end of the game, like at the end of the game, like they weren't going to play like everybody. Um, yeah. They're going to get some guys some time, but even early on, I was like, I wonder why Willie Gay is not, not in there for some of these snaps, but I mean, the Chiefs did just fine and he looked great when he was out there for those limited snaps. So kudos to Willie Chandler. You were so right. This transition, the defense is perfect because I was going to make this point. The defense set the tone again from the first play. The Steelers ran handoff to Najee Harris. He tries to bounce it off of the right tackle oh. and Juan Thornhill licks him, dude, freaking nailed him. And like Najee Harris is a big back. And then Thornhill, Thornhill's a good tackler too. So Thornhill, undersized on on uh, on Najee Harris, comes up, lowers the shoulder, perfect tackle, and Najee Harris doesn't fall forward or sideways. He goes straight back. And how you mentioned McKinnon earlier, finishing through the run on the opposing team sideline, a hit like that on your first play of the game from scrimmage sets the tone. And I loved how Thornhill does that. He does that a lot, man. He he is a really damn good player. We've talked about Thornhill the entire year, how it was so bizarre how he wasn't playing a bunch of, at the beginning of the year. But but Thornhill's awesome. He had six tackles last night. Nick Bolton had eight tackles last night. Legereus Sneed, uh, he had eight tackles last night. Actually, Thornhill had five. Traverius Ward had six. So, I mean, they're, they're, right there, there's like nearly 30 tackles from three guys right there, and and, and they played – um, just great. Uh, I, thought, I thought the defensive line got some pretty good pressure all night. Tershawn Wharton had an amazing game. And um, 
it's just really exciting uh, as, as we go forward. Um, I'm slightly concerned that the Bills are going to try to expose Daniel Sorensen again, so that remains to be seen what positions Daniel Sorensen is going to be put in. But one factor that's going to – a huge factor in this Bills game going forward, uh, Chris Jones didn't play in that Week 5 game against the Bills, right? Chris Jones is, like, so elite. He is mm-hmm. so amazing at football. Um, so to have Chris Jones in the middle of that line – uh, going against the Bills is is going to be is going to be key. But um, for as good as the effort was this week against the Texans from the or, uh, sorry the Steelers from the defense, the effort is going to have to be that much better this week against the Bills. This this has to be your best. I mean, all around, right? But especially defensive. This has to be your best effort of the season against the Bills. This is a Bills team that came into your building and punked your ass in week five, right? I mean, you ended their season last year and they thought they ended yours in week five because if you flash back, the Chiefs were two and three after that game and really reeling. You've had a lot of time to think about that loss and this has to be your best defensive effort because the Bills are coming off of a perfect offensive game. That's right. They didn't punt. They didn't kick a field goal. They didn't turn the ball over. They scored a touchdown on every single drive. Don't let them do that here, obviously, but get after this Bills team and have your best defensive effort of the season. Yeah, I mean, and when you think, I love the word punked because they absolutely punked us. Um, and, and before I say something about the Bills, I mean, you had this sort of defensive effort last night from the Chiefs, and to Chris Jones' standard, he didn't play that well. Um, I mean, he registered two tackles, which, which is fine. Um, but he just didn't have a Chris Jones-esque game, not saying he played bad, but he didn't play, you know, his his crazy get-after-it game. So what better time than to do it now against this Bills team who has a very good offense and poses a lot of threats to a Chiefs defense? Um, but you're exactly right, Johnny. I mean, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. The defense for either team, honestly – will win this game uh, for their respective teams because um, you just know that these two offenses are dynamic enough that they're going to put up points. It's going to be which defense makes more plays, um, and, and it's going to be a hell of a game. And I'm really not afraid to say this, um, and Johnny, stop me if you disagree, but the winner of this game goes to the Super Bowl. The winner of this game is significantly better than both the Titans and the Bengals. And I don't really think it's very close um, in my opinion. And, and I think that I really do think that this, this should be the AFC championship game. This is the best two teams in the AFC. I'm not sold on Tennessee. I know they've had a good year. Yes. They might get Derrick Henry back, but it's not a for sure thing. And at the end of the day, I'm not trusting Ryan Tannehill in any situation. And the Bengals are just too young to either go to Arrowhead or Buffalo. So this game right here warrants the absolute best game the Chiefs have played all year. And there's nothing telling me that they can't do it. Yeah, Chandler, after that performance, and Bills fans will say this too, like both teams, both fan bases are coming into this game on Sunday supremely confident. Like both teams are super rightfully confident so. here. Rightfully yeah, so. Right, rightfully so. Yeah, they beat the brakes off of their opponents in the wild card round. So 
I mean, this is just, I mean, I'm going to be an absolute wreck leading up to this. Um, mm-hmm. be nervous all week and I can't wait for Sunday. I just want the game to get here, but I'm looking forward to the chiefs having their best week of practice too, and getting after it, um, on Sunday and actually Chandler. So we'll know, um, we're as chiefs fans, we're cheering heavy for the Bengals this weekend, the Bengals, And it's the, it's the first game If the Bengals, uh, they play at three 30 on Saturday at Tennessee, the Bengals win. All the Chiefs got to do is win, and they're hosting the AFC Championship game for the fourth straight year. Can you believe? I mean, that is ridiculous. It'll be the fourth straight year with the AFC Championship game uh, going through Arrowhead. So, um, and if if the Tennessee Titans win, then you got to go on the road if you win. But but regardless, I mean, we're cheering hard for the Bengals, mm-hmm. and uh, hopefully the Chiefs can get it done on Sunday, man. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know what else to say because, uh, you got it done against the Steelers. The Steelers had no business being in the playoffs, uh, but it doesn't matter. They were the, the opponent at hand standing between you and the next round. You kicked their ass, have your best week of practice and give your best effort. You have to have your best effort on Sunday on both sides of the ball. hundred percent. And right. We're real quick before we get off, uh, off the episode here. Um, Chris Jones left the game, I believe, late in the third, maybe early in the fourth quarter, went to the tent. Um, fortunately, where my seats were, uh, we had a really good view of the tent. Um, he was in there. It kind of looked like it was more of a precautionary thing, just something to maybe monitor throughout the week. I mean, I'm not saying that he's – I don't think he was severely hurt. I think we were up 40 to um, – excuse me, I should say this. I think we were up a million to nothing. Um, and it was just a, more of a way to get Chris Jones out of the game. Um, so just keep that uh, monitored throughout the week, Chiefs fans, but no real cause for concern. This Chiefs team is peaking at potentially the right moment, um, and it has to continue against Buffalo. And I, I, I have all the confidence in the world in this team. Johnny, any final thoughts? Go Chiefs! Go Chiefs, baby. That's all. That's a great way to end the podcast, people. I appreciate it, Johnny, as always. Um, Hopefully we have another Victory Monday podcast next week. Johnny, have a great week, brother. I'll talk to you soon. See you, Chandler.